Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I am delighted to be joined once again by James French and also by Brian Degnan. The football's back. Obviously, we'll be touching on international break. Big game tomorrow. A big game in itself, but also in preparation for the Champions League. Brian, we're going to be looking through the different dilemmas that Brennan Rodgers might have with um, obviously new players that have come in that haven't played yet. Players who have been injured. That word once again... And we'll be going into uh, tomorrow's game with one eye on Feyenoord. You're allowed to do that when it's Champions League, aren't you, Brian? I mean, we're not underestimating Dundee. No, it's really interesting, actually, um, Brendan Rodgers' comments on it. And um, Normally, they're very sort of, well, we focus on the next game, only the next game. But the way he framed it, which I quite liked, was if we don't beat Dundee, the Rangers' result means nothing. Yeah. Which I quite like. I quite like that mentality. Um, and, it, and it, initially I thought he would probably rotate the squad ahead of the Champions League game just to sort of, you know, save some legs for Tuesday. Um, but I'm not as convinced now. Um, it'd be interesting to see, but like, as fans, you can't help. You, it's only natural to be more excited for the Champions League nights than it is for a trip to Dundee. No offence to the City of Discovery, but it, it's not going to get you that excited, unfortunately, the Champions League's where it's at, so... Um, of course, massive important game, but you, you've got your one eye on the on the the game on Tuesday. Yeah, you do. And the, the big thing for me as well, James, when you look at the uh, the changes that seem to be constant 
this season with regards to the amount of new bodies coming in, but also the amount of injured players. There's always that risk, I guess, with international break. That's your big worry. It has happened. We know it's happened. Um, but we've got one game, really, after that international break to prepare ourselves for final. So it's only natural, I guess, to use Dundee almost as that um, dress rehearsal, if you like. It's an audition for the big one. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but that's the way you've got to use it for the Champions League, isn't it? Yeah, listen, I touched on what Brian was saying. Like, um, maybe normally we'd kind of expect a bit of rotation home to Dundee and then big Champions League game, obviously, next week. But the way Celtic season's gone so far is we haven't really had the luxury of having a consistent team selection with loads of different factors, really. Firstly, with Brendan Rodgers coming in, new manager, new ideas, he's going to want to see what his best team is, which I, think, I don't think he knows yet, which is fair because of all the players coming in. But injuries obviously haven't helped. Um, even if you look at Feyenoord, they've kind of they've had the luxury of having a settled team for the last few weeks. Um, we've obviously had the, the centre-half injury crisis. Mm. Um, Nat Phillips came in, obviously, not fit enough to start last week, which was um, disappointing at the time. But uh, I think I think Brendan will use this game against Dundee, of, although it's not the ideal preparation going into the Champions League, he'll use it as a bit of a precursor. I think particularly that the spine of the Celtic team, the, the centre-half partnership, whoever starts on Saturday, I think will start next week in Rotterdam. Because um, especially the likes of Matt Phillips, he, he hasn't, I was kind of doing a bit of research on him, he hasn't featured in one match day squad for Liverpool, which is, isn't great. He's obviously been training um, and he would have had the last week training in Lennoxtown, but he'll need some le- some minutes in the legs um, Saturday going into next week, um, which I think is the best option probably to start now um, with his Champions League experience, Liverpool experience, mm. um, and what's a relatively inexperienced um Star centre back shopping at the moment with scales and lager belt. Um but yeah, I think Rogers will definitely use Saturday as a precursor to Feyenoord. I think you've got to. Um I spoke to the uh, the Feyenoord troops during the week there because um just whilst you're off, James, I'll I'll mute your mic a wee bit. There's a tiny little bit of static and I'll bring you back in obviously when when you're chatting. But um I spoke to the, the Feyenoord uh, guys during the week there, Brian, and um obviously on the back of that, looking at their team, looking at the performance. It's, it's a massive challenge for Celtic. I mean, you know, we get excited uh, as Celtic fans, as football fans. It's only natural. You're, you're thinking of potential results. And I said yesterday, if we, we come away from Rotterdam with a draw, I'll be absolutely delighted. And one of the, the main reasons for it is, I, I take what James is saying there, we don't really know what the, the best start of loving is yet. It's almost like we're still tinkering with it. It seems that way in any case. But yesterday, JP and I spoke about one area of that team. We're going to go through all the different parts of that side and how it's going to be made up and it was a central defensive area and we spoke about obviously the performance of Liam Scales against Rangers and our belief that if you've got the jersey you've earned it and it's yours to lose he's not obviously had a bad game since then because we've not played it would seem unfair it would seem a bit ruthless but I can see him getting dropped and there was a suggestion um, yesterday in the comments section that perhaps he's going to move over to the left and you drop Greg Taylor so the central defensive area, let's start with that, Brian. Let's have your thoughts on, does Nat Phillips come straight in? You know, basing that on the fact that he hasn't played competitively. Does he come straight in? If he does, who does he partner? So I think, you know, on the subject of 
the teams, the rotation, stuff like that. Even if we had like a set with eleven, that's our, our best eleven. I still think it might change for Rotterdam because I think Rogers has learned to be a bit more pragmatic in Europe. So I suspect the way we set up against Dundee will be far more attacking than against Feyenoord. Yeah. So I suspect the midfield will change anyway. And I also think that Nat Phillips will start against Feyenoord because one of the things that um, your man from the, the Anfield Rap is saying is that he really likes defending when he's under pressure. He really likes when the, you know he has to just defend. <laughs> that's what he, that's like the best version of him. So I think he, he starts against Dundee to make sure he can get through the game and he's fit and he's got some time in his legs. And then I think he'll soak up that pressure. Scales, I think, in an ideal circumstance, you would say, well, no, play him against Dundee because it's his jersey to keep. I kind of agree with that mantra, but I don't think you can go into a Champions League game with him at centre-back. I just don't, especially when you've got Nat Phillips in for that reason. Mm. I just think it doesn't suit and Phillips needs the time against Dundee to be ready for final. So I don't think you can afford to give Scales the, the jersey uh, tomorrow either, really. I know it sounds harsh on him. To be fair, it's a really good game against Rangers. I still don't think he's the answer. So I would probably drop him if somebody was fitter anyway. But certainly I think that's the reason he won't play. It's because I think you need Nat Phillips at the, the centre-back because we're going to be under pressure against uh, Firelord. So I know they were considered the sort of weakest pot one team, and you probably say they are, but they're still a very, very, very good one. Mm. Um, and it's going to be a difficult game. So we need as many sort of experienced uh, defenders that we, we can muster, and that Phillips is. Is that man. I'm going to throw this man. to James because... You defended Liam Scales, and rightly so, uh, when you were on last week. And I asked JP the question yesterday, would it be a ruthless move by Brendan Rodgers to drop him now? Because, you know, I think about things like the confidence of the individual player, the partnership, albeit over two games that he was starting to build with Lagerbjelk, and then you're starting again. So how many central defensive partnerships have we had this season? This would be like the fourth already, isn't it? We've had Norovsky and, and Lagerbjelk, Lagerbjelk and Scales, and Norovsky and, and Carter Vickers. Um, this would be the fourth new partnership. So there's so many different things you need to consider with this one, James. What, what's your thoughts on Scales? What does it do to him if he does drop out tomorrow? Do you drop him out tomorrow? I mean, what's your thoughts on the central defensive partnership? Yeah, listen, just touching on the Mike Norovsky and Carter Vickers, I think if we had that starting pair going into Feyenoord next week, I'd be pretty confident, uh, yeah. especially Feyenoord. I think Jimenez is missing Ueda, Japanese striker they signed <laughs> in the summer. Their two striking options are injured, so they don't have an actual striker going in. Um, but yeah, I, I would have been relatively confident with Carter Vickers and Rocky, but obviously injuries happen, and I think now we're left Scales, Phillips and Lagerbelk, I think. Starting Phillips Saturday as a precursor to next week is the sensible option. It's the option Rogers will take um, who will accompany him. I think it's up for debate. Um, mm. I think Scales obviously hasn't. I don't think he's played. I think throwing him into the deep end in the Champions League is probably harsh on him. Um, I think Rangers away, obviously, a huge game, but he, he played there with Aberdeen last year. He had a full season in Scotland. He, he's well accustomed to the climate and stuff now. 
Yeah. But um, I think I think Lagerbelt, scales probably outshone him at Ibrox, which was surprising to me. I think I said it last week as well. But Lagerbelt, one thing he, that he does have to his game is his ability just to them long-range passes into the, the final third. And especially his, his diagonal passing is really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, like next week against final, we're going to be under serious pressure in terms of their press. Um, Arne Slot and Feyenoord, they're a really high pressing team. Rangers obviously tried to press us, done it pretty badly. Um, we, it was, we played out with our press really, really easily. Um, so I think Lagerbelt's ability just to play them diagonal passes out to the wings and stuff would be really useful against Feyenoord. So um, even though I love Liam now and he's Irish, so I kind of have to back him, but I think um, personally I probably would say Lagerbelt over Scales for Saturday. I just think scales he probably hasn't played at that I don't I don't think Lagerbelk has either but I just probably just feel Lagerbelk has that ceiling that he can go to maybe mm. I spent people have kind of I've seen people saying Lagerbelk lacks a bit of pace but I think that's I think he seems pretty quick um over short distance and I think he's probably a bit more agile in scales which would be useful against Feyenoord who would be quick obviously on the counter and stuff so um yeah I think it's Lagerbelk and Phillips for me definitely um for Saturday the, the impression I get, obviously this is just from the outside looking in, is that um, if, for example, that kind of decision has to be made, Brian, and as I said yesterday, JP and I were speaking about, I think it is a prerequisite that, that a great manager has to have a ruthlessness about them. I've spoken about it before. I think sometimes you've got to separate yourself away from, oh, but how's it going to make them feel? But at the same time, the manager also needs to deal with that, the, the fallout from dropping a player who's just had probably the highlight of his career against Ibrox. That, that's, for me, that's the breakout performance of Liam Scales' career so far. He's 25, there's plenty to come. So you've got that that suggestion that, you know, you bring in that Phillips and it's it's a flip of a coin around Lager, Bielk and Scales. None would surprise me, by the way. When we see that team announced tomorrow, if it goes for Lager, Bielk or Scales, none of the two would surprise me. I do think you'll put in Phillips. Um, then he needs to deal with skills. But I think that Rogers strikes me from the outside looking in, Brian, as the type of gaffer who would be able to deal with that personal side of dropping a player and making sure that it's not going to absolutely dent their confidence. Does it give you that kind of impression as well? Yeah, I think so. What I, I, I quite like about Rogers actually, is he's quite a straight talker. You know, you don't see him getting angry or animated in the touchline, but he can be, you know, there is a line and he, he won't cross it. I remember when we see the first time, I was um, very briefly associated with a radio station in Glasgow, and one of the sports people had said that Rogers is really savage with journalists when he was first here. He says he, he likes to make it clear he's in charge, and he'll mm. answer the questions he wants to answer the way he wants to answer them. He says, and he's, he was sort of softened over the season, but he's quite, you know, quite cutting. And I think I remember the interview where they were asked about... Um, the guy made the joke about Griffiths, Griffiths mm. and he was, and he, was, he just cut it right down. So I suspect, you know, I think he seems someone that's very clear with the players and their roles in the squad. I expect he would have had the conversation with Skills at the start of the season. He said, you know, look, you might not be first pick, but you're an important part of the squad. You know, if you're happy with that, then I'm going to need you here. Yeah. But don't expect any, you know. And I think Skills is going to know he's not, he's not first pick. If you've, you've got a guy on in loan, with potentially an option to buy, who's played for Liverpool, who's played in the Bundesliga, who's played in the Champions League, he's going to start before you. That's the reality. Now, whether Scales maybe comes in for Taylor at left-back tomorrow to make sure Taylor 
stays injury free for Tuesday, that's more interesting, and that may happen. But certainly, yeah, as we've covered with the centre backs, uh, I think we're spot on. And an excellent point a minute ago as well about uh, Lagerbeek's or Big Shandy's diagonals, because if you think about it, and Al, Al Morrison made an interesting point uh, about home in O'Reilly and their turnover from mm-hmm. defence to attack for the counter. So if you consider that as your midfield soaking up pressure, and then you've got probably Yang most likely, Kyoho and Maeda trying to run at pace to run onto these longer balls coming into the back. That sounds like a, a probably a logical plan. I just don't know if scales playing out for the back is 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 going to be going to be ideal for for a team like Final. And I know they're a wee bit weaker because I've got injuries, but you know, even then you know what these Dutch teams are like. There was some boy seventeen that comes in and scores a hat trick against us and goes for fifty million next season. That's that's, that's a very Celtic and Europe thing to happen. So um it remains to be seen. But yeah, I think he I think Rogers will handle it well. Um, he asked a question, yeah, I think he's very ruthless. But I expect he's laid out his expectations of where he sees the players in the squad very early in the season. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And, and going into that transfer window as well, I'm sure the expectation would have been discussed with Liam Skills uh, around if you stay here, beyond this transfer window, this is where you're going to be in the pecking order. Now, Double Denim, you're in on the YouTube. Welcome, everybody, who is uh, tuning in on this Friday afternoon. Uh, it's pre, it's the eve of the Dundee game. Uh, Hatate must come into the team for me. He provides a balance between Calback and O'Reilly in midfield. We've missed his mobility, passing, innovation and direct running. I do think he is the playmaker within the midfield. He's not started a game this season. Let's remind ourselves of that as well. But we are asking a question today um, how you're going to be setting up your midfield. We'll be talking about home. Even Bernardo, don't expect him to start uh, for obvious reasons. But we'll be talking about all the different options that are available to Brendan Rodgers tomorrow. Michael, the boy, McGregor, Hatati, and O'Reilly start tomorrow in preparation for the, the Champions League game. Personally, that would be my choice as well. We'll be talking a wee bit uh, around as to why that would be my choice. Celtic follower, Hatate home, Bernardo, Young, Palma and Tilio are now available. But for me, only Yang starts. It'll be a tough battle for places including Awata and Turnbull. Awata's not really been in the frame. Competition is healthy, inconsistency isn't. Yes, right. Um, now, we've spoken a wee bit about the centre-halves. I now want to turn our attentions very briefly, not to Scotland on international duty but to Ireland and I want to get the uh, thoughts of yourself James um, I was saying to you before we came live I, ha- I started having a real interest in the in the uh, international side under Jack Charlton way back in 1988 
uh, that memorable Euro tournament, Ray Houghton, Ronnie Whelan, you know, that type of player, Pat Bonner in goal, saving the penalty against Romania uh, in the 1990 World Cup that followed. Loved that tournament, loved watching Ireland ever since. Where are you at the moment? I mean, what's the expectations with uh, Stephen Kenny at the helm? Um, well, kind of it's, listen, the last, obviously, I've been season ticket holder for since I was five or six years of old, or five or six years of age, so I've been going to the games for years, and um, obviously Jack Charlton, ADA, I think for 20 years or so after that, it was football really, kind of defensive enough football, and O'Neill, Martin O'Neill, Roy Keane, obviously the Euro, Euro 2016, some great memories there would be Italy, and went to goal up against France, eventually went out. Um, I think people really thought we'd build on that after um, O'Neill, after the tournament in, in France, but didn't happen. Um, went to Mick McCarthy, obviously, and then we uh, put Stephen Kenny in charge of the 21s. It really, a lot of really exciting talents in the 21s. Um, off the top of my head, it's uh, Adam Eider, Troy Park, um, that kind of generation of players. Mm-hmm. Kenny was in charge of the 21s. He obviously got the senior job and a lot of hype around him. Um, Kenny, uh, for those who aren't aware, obviously managing Scotland, and um, you were saying, John, before, um, but he done really well with Dundalk in the League of Ireland, um, got them to the Europa League group stages. I think they drew at AZ Alkmaar away, um, had a few really good results, competed well, played really good football, um, on a really limited budget as well, so people are kind of expecting him to come in and transfer this new generation of players. Um, he's blooded like, a really a huge amount of young players, which is obviously unusual for international football and um, it's kind of it's began to stagnate probably over the last year and um, we had that win against yourself Scotland 3-0 at the Aviva that was kind of the highlight and um, but I think it's it's stagnated over the last year and a half just in terms of the results obviously we've, I think it's four wins in 26 games which is just not really good enough for international football and um, there then four wins I think against Andorra Luxembourg Gibraltar and um, I don't know I think another kind of lower ranked team but yeah listen the international break just gone and uh, Tuna lost to France which was kind of expected you're playing the best team in the world and 2-1 at home to the Dutch really good first half poor second half and mm. um, missing Evan Ferguson who's kind of the shining light in Irish football at the moment obviously 18 scoring scoring hat-tricks in the Premier League which is completely unheard of these days and um, it's particular for an Irish player um, but uh a lot of a lot of talk around Kenny's future. I think FAI announced um, the other week or a few days ago that he will be here till the end of the campaign, and then they will probably assess it from there. Um, but uh, listen, I think Irish Irish footballers really we've a real golden generation coming up. Even in the twenty ones, obviously, and um, he's a be aware. Rocco Vata, Boston yeah. Wild, both both playing for the twenty ones over the last week. Rocco scored two against um, San Marino uh, there this week, so. Listen, we've a lot of good prospects coming from the 21s and um, yeah, hopefully it falls well to the future because going to the games at the moment is just kind of loss after loss. So I've, I've adopted Scotland as my second team at this stage. <laughs> um, so I was disappointed with the Indian result the other night, but yeah, they're going to qualify anyway, which is the main thing. No, it is because it, it became the norm uh, for many, many years when I was growing up that Scotland were always in the, the finals as well. Ireland and uh, whoever got knocked out first you then turned your attention to whoever was left in so normally I was watching Ireland because Scotland never qualified beyond the initial stages of anything but yeah he is building a decent side just a wee point on uh, 
Rocco Vata brought it up on Monday. Um, and it leads us in nicely, actually, to um, the next position, I guess, on the park because uh, the news of Abada being injured, Brian, um, it was one of the roll-in-the-eyes moment, not another one. And it's not just a knock. It's a four or, you know, three or four-month, according to Brendan Rodgers, three or four-month layoff for Leela Abada. It's, I, I mean, it's devastating for the player. I don't think he got going so far this season, but we were tipping him, certainly on Axon to be one of these guys that Brennan Rodgers was really going to push on to the next level. I was looking forward to seeing him on the Champions League platform, Brian. That's now Kai Bosch, obviously, unless we are able to progress uh, through the initial group stages. It's so disappointing for Abada, but it begs the question, and I'm not saying for a moment you throw in Rocco Vata, but he's certainly going up a place because we've lost a right winger. Uh, but the question is who starts? And we've got a lot of uh, comments coming in, in and around that. We've already heard... Um, Yang's name being mentioned I think he is probably the natural next in line uh, what's your thoughts on that because I do think we've got great cover you, you know across both sides of the park in the wing areas and it's a case of who do you pick I don't think Rogers is going to do anything that's going to be a surprise I think he'll go with Yang because he's got the most game time so far this season um, you know with the caveat that you also have Tilio coming back into training. You've got Palma, I think, starts training today after his uh, international exertions. And then below that, you've got the likes of James A. Forrest. You've got Rocco Vata. Plenty of options. Who do you go for? Yeah, it's going to have to be Yang, I think. And the logic is the same um, for Stanton Phillips. I think Yang has been brought in for the European Games. The reason I say that, because a lot of people have scoffed at the recruitment Rodgers has made, but if you, you look at a lot of them, you know, most of the players he's brought in have been tall, you know, quite strong, physical, and they've got very distinct qualities. We talked mm. about Lagerbeek's diagonal passes for the back, talked about Phillips ball winning in the air. You look at Yang's physicality, he's like really big for a winger. He's very, very fast, very strong, but he's also got a brilliant work ethic for tracking back and covering it at the back. And I think that's going to be key in Europe. So I think he starts tomorrow to get the, the time in their legs and then go into the Euro campaign. And I think that, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting for him. Actually, on Abada, so I'm a big fan of Abada's, as, as most people will know. But I have said as well that I don't think Abada and Yeda are great together on the wings because none of them are really wingers. So when they play as a, in part of that front three, I always think you're missing a wee bit of something. I agree with that. So I always thought like the combination when Jota was here, Jota and Yeda was good because Yeda's that kind of second striker mm-hmm. and obviously his work ethic, whereas Jota's your ticky winger and can do things. Abada's similar to Yeda in the way that he's a second striker. He's certainly more clinical, but he's not as good off the ball. But I think the way to offset is to have someone more traditional in the other side. So it may be a blessing in disguise for Celtic. Obviously, you don't want any of your players injured, but I think that the, the balance works better when you've got at least one traditional winger in the team. Um, and I think I think that's going to be key. And then the other thing is as well, it's obviously built, uh, brutal when you get lots of injuries. But mm. if you're going to get those injuries, get them to now so that by the time you walk towards Christmas um, instead of the, the latter stages of the Champions League campaign, you get players back, you start to galvanise, you can get a bit of momentum going. Um, I'd rather have now than ever in the, the title run-in and we get those injuries and the score's decimated, that'd be a bit more difficult. But of course, it's never good at any time to have injuries, especially when each one seems to be two or three months at a whip. 
it's, I, uh, it's, I, I don't. I don't actually recall a time with it as bad an injury crisis is or as many players out for that length of time at the one time. It is horrendous, and I, I take your point because I think what Yang's shown us is that so far he's the only winger that wants to take on his man. I don't know if uh, obviously Tilio and uh, Palmer bring that to the, the the stage as well, but he, he does jink past her player. He can change the game. He can change the dynamic of your attack by doing that. I don't see. Made of doing it unless he's burning somebody for pace. A wee bit like Abada. I keep going on about his anticipation. I just think Abada's great at finding space, which can be found, obviously, with the, the kind of passing from the likes of Lager, Bielk, etc. So, yeah, when Jota left, that was my biggest concern. Who we got that actually takes on a man? It's something as simple as that. Um, and, and I think Yang's shown that he is keen to do it. Um, I don't expect James um, for Rocco Vata to get many starts this season. Um, unfortunately for him, because I think it's an important part of his development. However, he does go up a he does go up a notch, doesn't he? And we were speaking about his international endeavours on Monday, where I said wherever he makes that step up, he continues to to show up. You know, he, he moved into the 18s, he showed up. He's now a younger one of the players in the under 21 squad. He scores a couple of goals. I know that San Marino aren't any great shakes, but you've got to go out there and, and make that step up time and time again. I don't think he's let us down in the first team at Celtic. I really don't think that for a minute. I just don't think he's had enough minutes. I mean, he's not kicked a ball so far this season. Um, so what's your view, James, on who replaces Abada? And what's your kind of thoughts on Rocco Vata for the remainder of this season at Celtic? Yeah, just to first touch on Rocco, um, I, was, I was really disappointed last year with Ange that we'd obviously had the League One, um, I think it was five or six games, just not ready to play for and. He's picking guys that like just we know what they can do at at that level for Celtic. Like wasn't really experimenting much. I'll be played Burnaby and a few fringe players, but the likes of Vata, Summers, I would have liked to see them get more game time the last few games of last season. Um, coming into this season, obviously there was a lot of talk around Vata's future. I think there still is. He's only a year left on his deal. Um, so yeah, I think Vata. I really, I really want to see him kind of give him more minutes over the next few months. The injury of Vata could. Be a blessing in disguise, really, for for his development at Celtic. I think um, he obviously hasn't really been given a chance on the Rodgers yet this season for whatever reason, and um, which I was kind of surprised. I I seen him kind of as a bit of a Mikey Johnson situation when Rodgers first came to the club. He really liked Mikey Johnson. He was giving him loads of chances and stuff, and um, Johnson really progressed from there. But I think Bata, he's, he's never put a foot wrong when he's played for Celtic, um, and yeah, I'd really like to even. The start of this season, we've had Jamie Forrest on the bench, who mm. great, great serving for Celtic, and um, some great memories of him playing for us. But I just think he's 30, 31 now. He's a nice squad player to have, especially for young players in, in the squad. But I think Bata should be at this stage, maybe getting in over him in the match day squad, because um, Nissan Rocco Bata is really, really talented young player. There's no denying that, and um, I think if we if we can't play him in these games against the likes of Maybe not at the weekend, but in future games against the likes of Dundee, St. Johnson, if if we can't throw him in then, when can we kind of give him an opportunity? Um, but yeah, in terms of who replaces Abada, I think yeah, what Brian was saying, I really agree with I think Abada and Maida just don't play well together. They're just they're not natural wingers. Um, obviously, we know Maida's kind of technical difficulties is a bit technically limited, which... Um, is unfortunate, but he's we know what he can do off the ball, his pace, mm. he can finish mm. obviously at times. Um, uh, but 
I think I'd like to see Palma given a chance on Saturday. Um, I think he could be, he's a bit as similar to Jota, a player we have at the moment. Tax Kibanovic has obviously gone on loan. Um, we've brought in Palma, who great goal record and scored for Andorra's yeah, during the week in the international break. But um, yeah, I think throwing Yang in for the Champions League would probably be a bit, Champions League start would be a bit um, a bit ambitious, I think. I really like Yang. I think he's probably been the, the shine and spark for Celtic's transfer window, to be honest. Um, he's been really, really good anytime he's impressed. I, I get a bit of, um, he's had some really Jota-esque quality moments. The game, the assist up in Aberdeen, just a real bit of quality for that. Mm. To take us out of a hole where we, we were in a hole at, at Aberdeen. Um, but yeah, I think Yang probably is the, the main kind of replacement option for Abada at the moment. Whether he starts in Rotterdam is a different question, but for me, I think Yang definitely on Saturday. I'd give him try give him the full ninety minutes and then um, continue kind of his uh, hope and continue his really good form in a Celtic shirt so far. I'd I'd agree with that. And you know the thing with taking on a player, it's one of these ones where it's like right, where does that appear? on the data list? Where does that appear on, 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 on the plan? Because if everybody sets up and they expect this kind of like um, game plan from the team, the one thing that can throw all that into disarray, Brian, is somebody just shows a moment of absolute magic, takes on a couple of players, everything else is ripped up and thrown in the bin. And it's that individual magic that I think obviously Jota had in spades. Um, and as we've been saying today, we've seen a bit of that. We've seen enough flashes from Yang to suggest that he's going to be bringing that kind of magic to the game. I would love to see him starting tomorrow and then, you know, to have that a good game and for that to continue on Tuesday because I'm also a great believer of the time is now with a lot of players. We're going into a game tomorrow against Dundee and, and yeah, we do have one eye on the final game. Therefore, I don't see us being uh, too experimental, but that is the type of game over a, a season over a calendar where you would say that is where you've got to play somebody like Rocco Vata. Yesterday I spoke yesterday, it's not going to happen tomorrow because of the final game, but unordinarily. And I spoke yesterday about the fact that it's a type of game that you would probably give minutes to the likes of Quan in, the, the, the most forgotten signing of the season, Quan. He's not going to get minutes tomorrow, Brian, because you know everything is kind of geared towards preparing us for Tuesday night. And it's a bit of a shame, but in terms of that, he needs to have minutes this season because, as I say, every time he's stepped up the challenge and the challenge has intensified, he stepped up to that on an international level. And I think he needs to be challenged more. I take what James says as well in relation to Ange you know, giving him enough minutes. I, I think that it was key, and we spoke about it last season, that players like that get the minutes. Now, Jean, or sorry, Jean-Paul, Jean-Paul II, um, Jean-Paul, Nay Moore, well, unfortunately... JP, Jim Moore appears every fortnight because, you know, he needs uh, a fortnight to recover from the amount of positivity that he pours in <laughs> to Axon on a Friday as he did last week. I loved last week, by the way, Brian. It was a right, it was a right laugh. It was a great mix. The four of us, had, I don't think, five of us had ever been on the show together and uh, we were ripping each other to pieces, etc., which is fantastic. Um, it's all a bit... It's all about the crack, isn't it? Uh, Jean-Paul, you're still in. I watched Bernardo the other night for Portugal Under-21, and he was brilliant. Luke's a player. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Um, I it's decorating half an hour for Rio tomorrow. We need him ready for Tuesday. There is also that, Brian. There's that in the back of your mind. We have had an injury crisis so far this season. 
let's not get any more players injured. We've not seen Rio Atati at all um, playing to the full kind of uh, level that we would expect him to play at this season because he didn't start the first game and then he got injured against Aberdeen and he's just coming back in. But it does lead us to that position. There's been a lot spoken about um, in the press. Is it the press or on the media, I would suggest, around um, the player who was kind of playing in that midfield role injuring Todd Cantwell at Ibrox. I'm not convinced it was Odin Thiago home that injured him, Brian. Did, didn't, he, didn't he go in a wee bit hard himself on Maida five, ten minutes before that? Is, is that maybe where the, the injury problem started? It seems a bit harsh that um, the Rangers manager's coming out and more or less naming indirectly home as being to blame for injuring one of his players. And then obviously calling out the ref as well. Yeah, but, you know, hearing the mooch, Talk too much and run his mouth is um, is pretty standard these days. To be fair, mm, and um, it just it just continues to embarrass himself and his club. So I actually don't really mind. Um, plus, as I said before, I, I think Combs uh, is going to be an absolute baller for us. And if one of these things in the CV is taken out, I, I I have to always stop myself swearing when I go to say his name. Um, but taking out Cantwell, um, I don't think that's any any huge bad thing. To be fair. Um, but it's interesting you put, when you talked about the midfield and some of the players there. So I actually think Quan and Vata will feature tomorrow. The reason being, I think if so, I think guys like Palmer and Bernardo, I think have been signed to play in Europe, but I don't mm-hmm. think they'll start on Tuesday. But I think he wants some some minutes in their legs at some point. I also think so. I've got a lineup in my head for Tuesday, and a lineup in my head for tomorrow, and I think there'll be some positions switched. And I think right. tomorrow's a decent enough chance to give Con a run out. I think you just push McGregor up because you won't drop McGregor, um, and then you can maybe rest O'Reilly, who I think is a stick on starter on Tuesday, and then probably play Hitati. And then what that allows is just it gives Con, it gives Rogers, sorry, the option with Con that if we're really under pressure, say we take a lead in Rotterdam and it's 70 minutes, he may want to show that up. And Quan, his height, and he was brought in to do that role, he might want him in to come in. And I think if you just bring him out the blue, having no played at all this season, really, and throw him into the Champions League game, I don't think that's great. But if you give him 90 minutes against Dundee and then maybe 15, if we're under a bit of pressure, I think he may see something like that. As often, I may be totally wrong. Is, but, isn't he left out, though? Is he not left out of the squad? I think a Wata made it in front of him. Oh, so he did. There was Wata. Sorry, the yeah, Wata, yep. I thought it was a Wata that was out. Well, in that case, you might see a Wata then, for the same logic. I just think you, you, there's going to be a change-up in that midfield tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think Hitachi probably played tomorrow with a viewer coming on as a sub, but I don't think he starts in Rotterdam either. And I know people are saying he brings a lot of balance to the midfield and he's our best midfielder. But he's not shown it so far this season. He's not really shown... He's a hundred because he's going to play as a ten in Rogers' system by the looks of it, and he's no shown that he's going to have the absolute discipline to play there. However, the flip of that is, I always think you want some sort of maverick in your team. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mirafchik S quality mm-hmm. that he brings, mm-hmm. where you don't really know what he's going to do. He's kind of unpredictable, so it'll be interesting to see. I think he plays tomorrow, but I don't think he starts Tuesday. Well, that is interesting. I get your logic with Awata. You know, as I've said before, I'm a fan. There's there's loads to like about Awata. I don't think he's a right back or a centre half, but I like him as a as that midfielder who can show it up. Like you say, he's a physical player, even despite his his, his kind of 
he's got a bit of lack of height. He's still quite a physical player. I like that about him. He is in the squad. Um, I'm going to say, though, James, that in my mind, and I know that some of the, uh, the data analysts will, will disagree with us because they'll say that he's not good enough in terms of his defensive duties. In my mind, Hatate is our best midfield player. Now, I think so far this season, O'Reilly has performed better than anybody in that position. But overall, I do think that Hatati is that game-changer that, that Brian speaks about. Um, he's got a maverick quality in that he can play a pass no one else on the park can play. He can open up a defence in a way that nobody else is able to do it. Yet, he might not have the defensive qualities at home who is clearly defensively sound as a player, as a midfielder. And Rodgers might look at that for the Champions League and think, I need something more of a safe bet. I can't be as open as playing Hatati in the midfield if he's not going to track back, he's not going to give me that protection. Uh, so I totally get it. But maybe I'm just a typical football fan who wants to see my, my favourite players who I enjoy watching. I, I would have Hatati in um, for no other reason than I think that he can do things in a game no one else in our team can do. And that includes O'Reilly. For all the plaudits that he's getting and deserving the soul, Hatati, O'Reilly and Callum McGregor is my strongest midfield. And in preparation of Tuesday, I'd play them tomorrow. What, what's your take on it, James? Um, I think Arate is a must start in Celtic team. Um, it's obviously just a bit of a different situation. O'Reilly and Arate are both playing different positions than they did under Ange last year. Yeah. Um, well. Like under Ange last year, O'Reilly and Arate were kind of given free license to really get further up the pitch, like, and their defensive responsibilities weren't as strong as maybe Rodgers would like them to be this season. Um, but yeah, even if you look at our Champions League performances last year, if you look at where we struggled, it was defensive midfield, um, goalkeeper, left-back, all three haven't been strengthened, which is a different conversation. But um, I think midfield is just going to be the key battle, really, in the Champions League. McGregor, obviously, has been playing from the sixth um, row so far this season. Um, not in the best of form. It was brilliant against Rangers, of course. But um, I think um, O'Reilly being rested for the weekend is a it's a really um, good idea because the injury crisis we have at the moment we do not need Matt O'Reilly getting injured on Saturday and missing Rotterdam next week um, I think Awata is a bit of a I, I would have liked to see him give him more game to him I think he's a good option to have a defensive midfield and I think it's it's a bit strange that he hasn't been given um, opportunities this season especially considering yeah. McGregor's form and kind of our lack of options at that number six role um, Quan was obviously brought in I think he's still a bit raw I'd like to see him on Saturday against Dundee whether that happens that is a different uh, question but Leo Atate I think he just especially we're going to be coming under a lot of pressure uh, next week in Rotterdam and he's just his ability to play out from the press his technical ability his long range pass and short range pass and it's all just top notch like mm. um, you need them types of uh, creative players especially in Europe when we're not going to be creating a ridiculous amount of chances you need guys that are going to be consistently kind of playing them balls in behind the defence and creating chances for us so um, yeah my midfield for for Tuesday probably McGregor O'Reilly Atate but I think Rodgers will obviously change he's changing their roles O'Reilly and Atate in particular how they're going to play um, in midfield but I think if we if they're as open our midfield is as open as last year I'd be really really worried yeah, that, that is a concern, which is why I think it was a good point Brian made about bringing in that holding midfield player. Bit of a, um, 
you know, a shock if he does do it, to be honest with you, a bit of a wild card. But um, if he does, I, I can understand the thinking behind it. Uh, we're talking a wee bit about Maverick players, players that are able to change a game, um, kind of old school. And I remember talking to one such player in Paddy McCourt. And Paddy was talking about, this was before Stevie Kenny got the, the job. He was the under-21 manager. And uh, I, I says to Paddy about the fact that in terms of Scottish football, what Stevie Kenny did, in Scotland, you know, he wasn't highly rated because he went to Dunfermline. There was a bit of a player revolt. I think the experienced players didn't really take to his methods too kindly. Um, and, you know, player power, if you like, the, the manager gets sacked, as always happens. He goes back to lick his wounds and build his um, re- reputation back up in Ireland. So it was at Derry, that, uh, Derry City that, that Paddy McCourt played under Stephen Kenny. And he said that he was the best manager he'd ever worked under, bar none. And if he, if he was to become the island manager, he would be sensational and all this kind of stuff. This was before he got the actual, the top job. He was under 21 manager at the time. But I do remember um, him saying that. And, and Paddy, obviously, is the biggest maverick of them all when you think about Celtic um, cult icons. Um, talking of, of, of icons, an icon of the screen, I never mentioned this, actually. Uh, John Kearney um, very, very sadly passed away um, earlier on this month at the age of 83. Now, if anyone doesn't know who John Kearney is, if you've ever wondered um, why Jim Craig has the nickname Kearney, then it is due to this man. Um, look it up. Have a wee look on the Internet Movie Database. See if you can find a role um, of John Kearney's that might link him in to that man Craig. Jim Craig is called Kearney as a result of, of this man. And I was I had the absolute pleasure in meeting John Kearney a couple of times. He came along to a couple of launches, an art exhibition. He was an artist himself. He was also a writer. His Celtic books are phenomenal. Seek them out. He very sadly passed away. And he told me a, a wee story about the fact that um, when he was at the absolute height of his powers as an actor, and by the way, he was he was proper, like, you know, he loved the theatre work and all that kind of stuff, Brian. I know you're into the acting, you've got a bit of experience yourself, proper thespian actor and all that, right? Uh, he was offered the role of a certain James Bond and he knocked it back. He knocked it back and he had no regrets. He just said, you know what? That's no real acting, that's cartoon stuff. And he didn't do it. So that was the big That was a big story about John Kenny. Massive Celtic fan um, as well. Uh, read his Celtic books, the one on Jimmy McGrory, is something else. Seven Penny Gate as well. I think it's Six Penny Gate. I need to check. Um, is another one that he, that he wrote uh, during his lifetime. Check them all out. Uh, thoughts with his friends and family as well. Feed the Bear, thank you very much for supporting the channel. Hail, hail. It's always brilliant to see you in the comments section. And Stuart Ramsey, afternoon, Axel, and all my fellow Tims. It's Friday. I might have a beer tonight. Brian, are you going to indulge in a little tipple this evening? It's been known, Paul. I'm not going to like you. It's, uh, you normally have a wee glass of red with Martin O'Neill, schmoozing with the ex-gaffer. Schmoozing with the ex-gaffer, yes. Yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty good, but it'll be uh, probably whiskey tonight. Probably a few a few whiskeys tonight. Um, although I'm getting my house uh, renovated, so it's a bit of a bomb scare. So we'll see, see how that ends up. You might need a dram to get you through that. Um, Sean Anderson met JP at the Celtic Kilmarnock game. Absolute gentleman. Got a picture with him. Just a pity about the scoring. Yeah, JP travels. He's going to be in Rotterdam actually on Tuesday as well. Travels all over the place watching Celtic. Kookaburra, do we need a tatty to beat Dundee? Good question. If he starts and gets injured, our Champions League campaign is in the mud. Better to give him 20 minutes from the bench. 
So he'll be fresh for Feyenoord, which is only three days away. Uh, you know this, right? Um, even though I'm saying play Hatati, if, if someone was deserving of that jersey uh, based on performances, I would say it was probably um, Odin Thiago home. And again, going back to a point you made, James, if you're going to play a player, why not give him it? I know that he started against Kilmarnock. That was a bad day at the office for the whole team. But home has really impressed me. 20 years of age, he's got that nature about him where he loves the rough and tumble, which I think in the domestic game you're going to need as a Celtic player. Um, can you see Can you see Rodgers maybe throwing him in? Yeah, I've been really impressed with home now since he's came in. Um, I think even looking before he signed, just looking at his, obviously doing a background check on who he was, um, obviously nominated for European Golden Boy. He's been playing first team football in Norway for since he was 16, 17 years of age, like which is... Remarkable, really. It's, it's exactly the type of player Celtic should be going for, and I'm not really surprised at the start he's made. Like he's just seems to have really um, kind of impressed so far for me. Anyway, his technical ability, really aggressive in the tackle, um, something obviously didn't go to Hatati needs to add to his game. Mm-hmm. Mom kind of already has that in his game. Um, technically, he's quick over a um, couple of yards. He just He's a lot of really promising attributes um, to play in the centre of the park. And I definitely wouldn't be against him starting Saturday or even on Tuesday. I think technically he'd be able to deal with that pressure um, that final would put us under. Maybe I think David Turnbull obviously is technically a brilliant player, but he's just a bit slow on the ball sometimes, just the way he is. He turns maybe a bit a bit um, slower. And I think home will he'll add that pace into the game that we'll need to to get a result that final because uh, I'm guessing Rodgers will kind of attempt to play on the counter a bit um, in final obviously similar to how we done uh, at Ibrox we kind of were trying to catch them on the counter attack particularly in the second half but mm. I think home will speed up our play and I think even even against Ibrox he made a really good pass um, for a counter attack I think in the second half maybe it was Yang I think just kind of breaking the, breaking through their defence Um I definitely, I'd, he will feature, I'd say, next Tuesday, whether it's whether if it's on the bench or starting is a different question, but I definitely wouldn't be against him um, starting tomorrow or Tuesday. Yeah, he's a player that James McKenzie was, was talking about quite a bit when he signed. Um, he, he really, really uh, rated him and thought he was going to be a, a superstar. And I'll tell you something from what I've seen so far, um, I wouldn't doubt that, not... Uh, from what I've seen for sure. And I think that um, also with regards to home, he, he came in for a wee bit of stick, didn't he, because of his social media usage, Brian. Um, it can get you into a bit of deep water from time to time. Haksabanovic could probably tell us all about that as well. Um, Haksabanovic is a strange one. He's away. Um, and I was talking to Stoke, uh, Stoke BBC Stoke last week um, about Haksabanovic. And, you know, I was talking about what was positive about his play. Obviously, I wasn't going to just... You know, talk for half an hour about how uh, rotten he was. Uh, obviously, I was looking at all the attributes that he might be able to bring to the game uh, and that kind of thing. But I think he was a bit of a maverick. And you know, sometimes in the modern game, there's no room for it, Brian. There's no room for being a maverick, is there? You've got to be someone who's playing a very specific role. And if that role involves you defensively, and I think a, a big part of uh, problem was he was probably expected to do quite a bit of defensive work. That's never going to be his game. You then look at Maeda, who technically probably is nowhere near as good, but he's always going to be a far more valuable player to you because of his 
the attributes, his application, for example, um, the work off the ball, the playing a role, you know, doing doing something that the manager wants you to do and uh, being part of a game plan. Haksabanovic and the aforementioned Parry McCourt, these guys, as good as they might be technically and naturally, probably don't fit in the modern game, do they? Well, listen, I won't have a word to say against Paddy McCourt. I absolutely loved Paddy. What a player, the Derry Pelly. Um, but you know what it reminds me of, Seeds? Just, I was sort of listening and thinking about Hitati and Haksabanovic and inside the Mavericks. It reminds me of when Gravison was at Celtic under Strachan. And Strachan wanted Ibdi to play very, very specific roles. And Ibdi had to do their, think, their, their tactic to the T. And Gravison was just all over the gaff, just doing what he wanted. But he kind of nice quality as a player. So I do think that there can be room for that. It just depends on the manager. I think, you know, I think Rogers prefers that in more attacking areas, you know, a, a bit of flair, but it, that, there has to be a very disciplined approach to it. And I actually think Haksabanovic, if he hadn't maybe been complaining and opening his mouth and stuff, he, he might have had a future, he might have stayed maybe. I think he'd have been good as a 10. I've said that a few times. I think, you know, when you look at this is why I think Hitati will start tomorrow. And I think Haxabanovic might have been good. Is if you're looking against a team like Dundee United who's going to just sit in and pack in, you need these guys to just do that or something a bit different that you can't really account for. Um, that maybe we've done see in the first, first few days. Um, and then when you mentioned home, I, I said during pre-season he, you know, he caught the eye. I think he looks an absolute baller. He's a real, real good player, a real good signing. And I, th- I think he's a stick on to start on Tuesday. I think him, O'Reilly and McGregor start on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. As I say, I think tomorrow, I say I would put Iwata in and let McGregor go forward with Hitati. But I suspect what he'd probably do is have home McGregor and Hitati and rest O'Reilly for Tuesday. Um, I just, I get the point about Hitati in Europe and I think he will be really valuable. But just my concern is he's not quite up to speed. He's no in great form. He's not played a lot of games. I think to go to Rotterdam and expect him to win the game for you when we're going to be up against it, especially away from home, I, I, I think you need a bit more security in the middle of the park. Yeah, totally get it. Tony Cassidy, uh, there's a wee bit of interference uh, coming in from Ireland, Tony. Uh, just a tiny little bit of static. So what we're doing with James is obviously bringing him in and then muting him. When, which, which stops them from disagreeing and arguing with Brian as well. Um, but it's just a tiny wee bit of static. So apologies for anybody who's wearing earphones and that's maybe bugging you. Uh, Danielle, great to see you as always. We need a complete performance tomorrow. I totally agree with this. I don't think we've had a complete performance this season. Haven't seen that this season. And the win is in, uh, as incredible as it was at Mordor. Papers over a few cracks. Right, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I totally get it. And it would be great to go out there and see a free-flowing team winning by four or five goals. We've not seen it this season. It would set us up nicely for Feyenoord. And I do agree with that, absolutely. Now, the underwater cabbage salesman, how's the sales going? Um, I'll, I'll not tell you what happened to my dinner last night. Brian knows about that. Awata hasn't shown much yet. Still a question mark against them. I think the problem with Awata is the fact that he's been chopped and changed, moved about the place. And I know that Liam says that from grassroots in Japan, they train players at that level. You don't have one position on the park. You've got to be a team player. You've got to be able to fill in here, there and everywhere. I found it was interesting that the Champions League squad on the UEFA website had Hitati as a defender, 
Yes, he probably has played more games at left back than Liam Scales in his career, but he's never a left back, is he? But he can play there. Um, Awata obviously has been deployed at right back, centre half, centre mid. So, yeah, I think that's maybe why there's a bit of question mark about him. We've not really seen him play in the five or six games in a row in his, for me, strongest position, which is as a holding midfielder. Will he get that opportunity? Well, he's in the squad for the Champions League. And we have uh, Paul Andrew Martin Hatati as our best player, period. I totally get that. You know, just as a football fan watching a game of football, not overanalyzing um, all the data, I totally get that. But the eye test, the things he can do with the ball, the moments of magic, absolutely agree with it. But if there's a game plan and that game plan involves all your players having to have defensive qualities, tracking back qualities, that's where it falls down, doesn't it? Um, Michael says... Where does Bernardo come into this? I'm not quite sure yet because I think there's players ahead of him in the pecking order and some of, some of whom I've actually spoken about already in home and Turnbull and Hitati. So we'll need to wait and see when he's introduced what he can bring to the party as well. And Marquis, I'm honestly still not sold on Hitati. It shows you the two ends of the scale, Brian, doesn't it? Um, his first touch and fight can be abysmal at times. Right. I'm pretty sure an hour before kick-off tomorrow, we will find out what Brendan Rodgers thinks. There's a jersey behind me, um, and I'm going to swap these around because they're coming in thick and fast. Uh, I've got another one this morning, and we're going to be talking about the jerseys very briefly because it is for a good cause. We are running a Sell the Jerseys initiative uh, whereby we are getting Celtic fans to send us jerseys of all shapes and sizes and descriptions, some replica like this one, some signed, some match-worn, some even framed. We're going to be auctioning them off, raffling them off, raising money for wee Jamie Tierney, um, who needs treatment for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. 60 grand a year it costs. We're going to raise as much as we possibly can and give it to wee Jamie's family to pay towards the treatment. This jersey here, I'm going to ask you first, James, what does this remind you of? Or who does it remind you of? Uh, I'd probably say Prime Chris Commons, to be honest. I think the, the Ronnie de Aldile era is what it reminds me of probably the most. Um, yeah, Chris Commons is kind of taking the punditry route now, kind of he's bashing mm-hmm. Celtic a lot on Sky Sports over the last year, so I don't know what I think from now, but it's definitely a great player back in his day under uh, under Neil and Ronnie. It was, and by the way, as soon as I see that jersey, that's exactly who I think about. I think about Chris Commons. I know that he was at the Masters team uh, with Simon Donnelly, Mark Burchill, Joe Ledley and a few others just the other week. They were uh, playing on a blue carpet, but they still won the game. And I think of Chris Commons when I see this jersey. It was obviously a remake of the Umbro Classic from the early 80s, Brian. Probably before your time, mate, uh, early 80s. But New Balance did that well. They would take a classic design, they would kind of reimagine it and bring it back. And they knew that the fans already loved it from back in the day, a wee bit of nostalgia. But I look at this top and I would love to see something similar, right, in yellow, canary yellow with a green pinstripe. Wouldn't that be a cracking away jersey, Brian? Yeah, I always I think we we always have nice um sort of kits over the years and it just it, it kind of annoys me at times. My favourite ever kit was remember the the it always reminds me of Henrik Larson, it was the, the black with the gold piping. Right, it was an absolute belter. We've never done one quite as good. Same with the bumblebee, we never got it quite right the second time. And you just think, just re release it and put just a different stripe or something, or just you know, just bring the same one back out because everybody loved it and it was a, a very much a cult classic. Um, yeah, the, the yellow one's always nice. I, I'll be honest, I love the, the third kit this season, the, the camouflage one. Mm-hmm. The only problem is it looks absolutely nothing like a Celtic top. 
but it's just a cool top. Um, but I really like the the uh, the camouflage one. And then as I, I think we had a conversation before, um, young James, you were in the the fourth kit for last season, and I think that was the best kit of last season. And I think the 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 fourth kit, the anniversary one this season, is an absolute belter. I mean, it's my big four zero next month, big fortieth. And um, I'm dropping as many hints as possible to the missies to, to get it for me. So um she better. It is a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. It's a shame that we won't be wearing it and we won't be wearing the one that James is no. sporting there or we never wore it last season, which was shocking. Uh, but yeah, the reason we're talking about jerseys is we, Jamie Tierney, we're helping him with his fight against uh, a horrible, horrible disorder, a hor- horrible disease uh, which targets the muscles. Um, and a boy his age, you know, he's only four. It's, it's horrendous. So more details underneath this video. What can you do to help? Well, what you can do is you can send us your old jerseys. I know these things are pretty expensive these days uh, and uh, they can get a lot of money on eBay or various other places. Uh, but we'll certainly get them signed. We'll get them signed by ex-players. One of the, the, the occasions that we're going to be using to get some ex-players to sign them is the St. Rock's Centenary Game. Now, we have had a relationship with St. Rock's over the last few years, Stevie Mullen was a, a much-loved contributor on Axon for a long, long time, especially in the early days of the live stream. And um, we are going to be helping their centenary celebration. So there's a centenary game up at James McGrory Park. It's the 15th of October. The season ticket holders have got up until Saturday exclusively to buy their tickets for the game. Um, I think it's looking like an 800 capacity at the stadium. It will sell out. Public sale Sunday up at James McGrory Park. Where does Axon come into it? I hear you ask. Well, we're actually pulling together a team of ex-selts. Now, can you imagine, right, as a wee lad, if somebody was to say to me, you would need to pull together a team of ex-Celtic players to play in a football game. It's like all your birthdays and Christmases coming at once. So I've been out there asking a lot of the ex-players, and it's, it's quite difficult because of a number of factors. Firstly, loads of ex-players don't live in Scotland, right? Especially in, in the, the kind of near uh, past, most of them have gone back to wherever they uh, originated from or were brought up. And, you know, we've got a lot of overseas players um, in the modern game. So there is that. There's also the fact that, you know, the centenary year, I think of these guys, the centenary heroes, still as young men, Granty and McAvenny and Morris all wearing the kind of peroxide tints in their hair and all this, and Derek White and all that. That was 35 years ago, and they were probably 26, 27 at the time. So a lot of them aren't getting any younger. So we do have at the moment the crux of a fantastic Celtic side. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag yet, but keep an eye on the socials because we're going to start announcing the players in the next couple of weeks. We've got some fantastic players who are going to be wearing the green and white hoops for Celtic Select team against the St. Rocks Select. We'll also be hearing from the one and only Stevie Mullen, who's going to be joining me in a couple of weeks for a wander round paradise. Uh, and I know a lot of people in the comments section will be delighted to see Stevie because he was a bit of a, a fan's favourite uh, on the Axon stream. So, yeah, we're going to be hearing from Stevie as well. If you want a ticket for the St. Rocks Centenary game, get yourself up to James McGrory Park as of Sunday. Public sale opens. They're expecting it to sell out 800 strong, a great occasion for a great football club up at the Garn Gad. Uh, and by the way, it's been long delayed due to the pandemic. It's been an absolute pleasure today 
to see so many of you tuning in. Thank you very much for supporting everything that we do, everything that Axom does. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. We'll be back again tomorrow, 30 minutes before kickoff, and all those questions we've been asking about team selections will be answered, and we can debate them a wee bit further. All that's left for me to say thank you once again to Brian Degman and also to James French for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.